Welcome to the two-man game. I'm your host, Landon Holland, and with me as always, my co-host, Xavier Rocha. What's up, Roach? What's up, Dando? I feel like we just recorded an episode. It almost feels like we just get off our uh, <laughs> our last episode, which we did. We uh, recorded about the bottom seven teams in the Eastern Conference last year, the teams that missed the playoffs. So um, go check that episode out. I think we had a lot of good conversation about the Cavs, Hornets, Knicks, Wizards, Pacers, Pistons, and Magic. So, yeah, those are the teams we talked about. And for this episode, we're going to talk about the top eight teams. Um, yeah, let's just get right into it with the Atlanta Hawks, who finished with the eight seed last year. Um, got uh, They lost in the first round of the Heat, I think. Did they lose in five, I think? Yeah. Pretty sure, yeah. So, I mean, we have a lot to talk about with the Hawks. And the big big thing to talk about is one of my favorite players in the league who sadly for me got traded um, from the San Antonio Spurs to the Atlanta Hawks, and that is um, the versatile defensive god in DeJounte Murray. <laughs> um, yeah, I just love this guy, and I think he is a perfect fit along Trey Young. Let's just start out talking about DeJounte Murray and what he's going to do for this Hawks team. I mean, he just adds defense in that backcourt alongside Trey Young, which, I mean, Bogdanovich and Herter aren't terrible defenders, but they're not even close to what Murray's going to be able to provide. Um, and it just slides Bogdanovich to to the bench where I think he's more suited. Um, but yeah, DeJounte, his playmaking, it's going to be interesting to see how Trey Young plays off a ball, like off the ball for the first time, really in his career. Um, are they going to try to use him like Steph Curry's used when he doesn't have the ball, running off of screens, down screens and all that to try to get him the ball? Um, and yeah, DeJounte also just adds that scoring ability as well. I think he averaged 18 points last season. Um, he's able to shoulder a load when Trey Young is out. And they're going to have a, a super good playmaker when Trey Young is on the bench as well. Too. Um, but yeah, he definitely boosts this team. One of the biggest moves of the offseason. And their starting five looks like a championship starting five, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I I'm mean... Not saying their bench is going to be a championship bench, but their starting five definitely looks like that. Yeah, I think... I mean... You have two of the best playmakers in the league now on the same team. I think Trey Young and DeJounte Murray were both towards the top of the league in assists last year. I know DeJounte was his numbers were any anywhere around like twenty nine and nine. So he's he's a triple double threat every single night and then obviously Trey Young is ball dominant, always has a ball in his hand. So hopefully DeJounte can help mold Trey into a more um less ball dominant player. And which will hopefully make his career um, longer and hopefully into, turn into more wins. But uh, yeah, I think DeJounte Murray is just going to be a great fit. And also just being one of the better defenders in the league. Um, DeJounte led the league in steals last year. Um, he'll be able to pick up a lot of those um, guards on the other team that Trey obviously can't guard as he's one of the lesser defenders in the league. So. Yeah, DeJounte and Trey should be a great guard tandem. Uh, one of the best in the league now, I think. And, yeah, this 
the rest of the starting lineup's great too. Um, they have DeAndre Hunter, who I'm still super high on, another one of the best defenders in the league. Which hearing that alongside Trey Young is exactly what this front office needs to hear. Um, having Hunter and Murray, and then Capello Capello in the back, and then also still having John Collins, who I'm honestly interested to see what they do with John Collins because. Yes, he is a great fit alongside Trey Young, but they also have um, they have AJ Griffin, who they drafted. I'm not saying that AJ Griffin's anything special because he's a, he's a rookie, but um, if they do believe in AJ Griffin, and I believe in DeAndre Hunter as just a great fit alongside Trey Young, um, are they going to keep Collins? Or are they going to? Yeah. So that's my main question: is keep Collins, or are they going to move off of him? Yeah, I mean, Hunter's definitely able to play that four spot. I don't think they move off of Collins this year, but next year and the years after, that could definitely be a possibility. Um, Because, I mean, they are trying to build around Trey and DeJounte now. Um, Just got to get players that are going to be super good defenders so you can hide Trey Young and also just great shooters because DeJounte and Trey Young are going to be able to get them the ball. But yeah, I love Collins and Capella's ability to catch lobs from the two playmakers that they have. Um, it's going to f- feel like Lob City out there, I think, with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray throwing lobs to Capella and Collins off of pick and rolls. So yeah, yeah fun this- team. I think they also have a pretty good bench once you slide in A.J. Griffin. You got Bogdanovich, A.J. Griffin, Onyeka Kongwu, who I know you love a lot. and. Yeah. That's also a question mark. Do they want to move off of Clint Capella to get a Kong Wu more run? Um, he could definitely so. be, be moved this season or next season. So, I mean, they just I just think they have a really good team and a really, really good starting five. Yeah, and Justin Holiday, I think, will be in the rotation too. Um, maybe not, but I think he's a solid 3 and D guy that could crack the rotation and get solid minutes. But... Yeah, I think this team is going to be just a fantastic team to watch all season. Um, I think they should be hovering around the sixth seed, um, anywhere from five to eight would be my guess. Um, So similar to this year, but I think they will be more improved, obviously, with adding an all-star and just what I think is a perfect fit alongside Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I think they'll finish, I mean, around the same area, but they're definitely a better team. I just think the East as a whole got better, so they're going to lose more games. The Eastern Conference is is just so deep, and getting in that top six is a win in of itself for a lot of these teams because I think the plane is just going to be loaded again. Um, as we talked about or on our last episode, we think... Um, the Cavs are going to be great. We think the Knicks are going to be much improved. And then the Pistons um, are also going to take a step. Yeah, Pistons and Magic, not that they're going to be scary in the play-in, but they could be hovering around that 10-11 seed. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be, you're not going to want to be in that play-in for the Eastern Conference. So getting in that top six is going to be super important, which is why um, the league has made this play-in just to make the regular season more competitive and games down the stretch just so fun to watch. Um, but 
If you're ready, I'm ready to move on to the seventh seed. Yep, let's do it. All right, so last year with 44 wins and 38 losses, um, the Brooklyn Nets finished at the top of the play-in. Um, and, I mean, this is the biggest, like, question mark team, I think, heading into next season. Um, they could be the best team team in the league, but they also could be hovering around the play-in spot like they were last year, just with all the question marks surrounding um, just the inconsistency of Kyrie Irving playing, um, Kevin Durant requesting a trade. Um, ben Simmons hasn't played a game since Game 7 against the Atlanta Hawks two years ago. And, yeah, they just have a lot of question marks. I think if everybody does play, they're going to be at the top of the Eastern Conference, um, being one of the best teams in the league. Obviously, when you have Kevin Durant, who I think is probably the best player in the league right now. But, yeah, just give me your take on their offseason, all their pickups, and just all these question marks that I'm sure you have, too. I mean, this team, it's just crazy what they're going through. Like, Durant wants to be traded. Irving doesn't want to—he wants a certain amount of games in his contract, um, certain games that he's able to miss. Ben Simmons, no one knows what what's going on there. Um, just definitely one of the craziest teams in the league. But when I look at their roster, they look like such a good team. I mean, you can throw out a starting five of Kyrie, Seth or Joe Harris, uh, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, and Nick, Nick Claxton. Or you can move Simmons down to the five, Durant to the four, throw Curry in, move Harris to the three. Like, that's... The spacing in that lineup's elite, and they also have the scorers and the playmaker in Simmons to get people the ball and just score at will. Um, and then Simmons is also just an elite defender. Having him alongside Claxton, I think, could be a super good tandem. Um, but yeah, I mean, the biggest question marks just Kevin Durant and where he goes and what they get in return if that trade is to ever go down. Yeah, I think I think if this team is fully healthy come playoff time with all these guys playing, um, I honestly think they're the best team in the league. I think that's that's what it comes down to, but that's the what if because I mean the chance of that happening from past experience of this team is pretty low just from past years and but yeah, I think like you said, if just all this versatility. They added Royce O'Neal, who was a solid 3 and D player. They added TJ Warren, who was one of the best players in the bubble. Um, they still have Patty Mills, who obviously is limited defensively, but can catch fire in games. Um, Joe Harris, one of the best shooters in the league. Um, Cam Thomas, who had Cam a really Thomas. good rookie season. Nick Claxton, a lot of promise for a defensive, versatile player, and then you just have their stars. And Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and then Ben Simmons, who is an all-star. If you're being if you're being honest, he's an all-star when he's playing at full strength and just the monster he is on defense and playmaking and attacking the rim. So, yeah, I don't... <laughs> this team at full strength, I don't, I don't see how they're not just destroying teams and then when they get against the best teams of the league I think just down the stretch when you have Durant and Irving just 
being able to score the ball, and then you have Simmons being able to guard the opposite team's best player. I just, yeah, this team is scary, but what do you think are, of? Are we going to be able to see that? I don't know. Of Jalen Brown sliding into the starting five. Remove Kevin Durant, you add Jalen Brown and Derek White off the bench. What What's your take on a team like that? I mean, you take you take uh, Kevin Durant off this team. I mean, they're not. I don't say I don't see them as a contender anymore. I see them as a, a like a top four team in the Eastern Conference, maybe at full strength, with like a ton of talent still and a scary team to play. But I think, I mean, the main reason I see them as the best team in the league with that roster is because I think Kevin Durant is what drives them in the end and. I think he is what has driven this team in the past and what got those Warriors team, that Warriors team a ring. Um, Not that they wouldn't have won anyway, but he just put them over the top. Um, Yeah, I just think Durant is the X factor that makes them that contender. But yeah, I think Jalen Brown, if that trade did happen, this team would be phenomenal, just not to the level of like contender that I see him with Durant. But what are your thoughts? Do you think Jalen Brown makes him still a contender? Or do you I, mean, I feel like if you're top four in your conference, I feel like you're kinda you're kinda there at this point as a contending team, like you could win. I mean we just saw the Warriors win the championship from the three seed, so I feel like the cutoff's kinda that four seed. I feel like this year we kinda saw in Miami, Boston, Milwaukee. And I felt like the Sixers were, those were the three or the four teams that could compete in the Eastern Conference side. And I kind of threw in Brooklyn just because of their star power. But yeah, I feel like Brooklyn would still be super good with Jalen Brown at the three. And then you have Derek White off the bench to come in with Cam Thomas, Courier Harris, Royce O'Neal, and TJ Warren. So, I mean... That boosts their depth, but they, like you said, they do lose one of the top players in the league. So, Yeah, my only point is, like, you take Kevin Durant off a team, you're getting a lot worse. I think that's just a fact. Yeah, um, but I think we both agree that they would still be <laughs> really good. Yeah, for sure. Okay, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are you, are you ready to stop talking about the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, let's move on. All right, so finishing off in the sixth seed, um, we have... The Chicago Bulls, um, Bulls fans are, I'm sure they're super excited for this next season as they finally got over the uh, tanking season of um, that franchise's last uh, 10 or so years after the Rose injury. Um, but yeah, they they stayed put for the most part this offseason, adding some solid uh, depth pieces and Andre Drummond, um, Goran Dragic. Who else? Did they add anybody else? I think that's about it. They brought back Derek Jones, and their biggest question mark was Zach Levine this offseason, and they addressed it. They brought him back. So, huge win for the Bulls there. Yeah, but for me, this team, I think, is going to... I think they're still going to be solid. I, I see them taking a slight dip, and I think they'll be in the play-in. Just because I think teams like the Nets, the Hawks, the Cavs, um, I think those teams are going to be slightly better and maybe push the Bulls out of the top six. But 
Um, I still think they're going to be solid. I think one of the biggest question marks is, um, so you got Patrick Williams, who is was a top, I think a top five pick two, two years ago. Number four. And yeah. Number four pick. And he showed a lot, a lot of promise his rookie year, but then last year, uh, coming off an inter- injury, he didn't have a big role in that rotation. So I'm interested to see if he moves into the starting lineup because um, the talent he does have, or if he continues to get pushed uh, pushed out of the like heavy minutes and they continue to run with their veterans and... So that's that's my main question mark. I'm when I tune into in games, I'm going to be watching a lot for Patrick Williams and also Desumu. But uh, let me let me hear your thoughts on the Bulls and their off season and the season coming up. I mean, I feel like <clears throat> like you said, a big expectations put on Patrick Williams here in his third year. Um, it's unfortunate that he has dealt with so many injuries. You haven't really got to see what he can really do. So I mean. Just hoping that he stays healthy this season and is able to kind of show show them what he can do. Um, another question mark I have for this team is Lonzo Ball. His knee, it keeps flaring up and no one really knows what's wrong with it. So I just hope that he can be healthy for this team. Um, and then the last question mark I have for this team is their guard depth. They have so many guards that I feel like they need to get in, into the rotation that I could see them moving off of like Kobe White at some point this season. Um definitely a viable trade trade asset that they have. Um just super cluttered with Lonzo Ball, Goran Dragic, Alex Caruso, and then you drafted Io last year. I don't really see a role for Kobe White unless he plays super, super good. Um and I mean if they're just trying to get better, I feel like Kobe White could be a player that's moved. Or even Patrick Williams, if they are trying to go all in and get a big fish um, to really improve. So, interesting team. Like you said, I think they'll take a step back just because of how good the East has gotten. And they didn't get super, like they didn't bolster their roster as much as they needed to. Um, Andre Drummond is a very good pickup. Super good backup center. Um, But yeah, I think they'll be around the same areas. Uh, eight to six seed. Yeah, and they to bring up the guard conversation. Uh, yeah, they're just loaded that position. Their two best players are six six and under. Um, and DeRozan and Levine, and then they also drafted another guard with their first round pick in Dale and Terry. Yeah. Um. So I do like a lot of their guards, but they're not going to be able to play all of them. And I think the guys are going to want to play are Lonzo, um, and then DeRozan and Levine, obviously, and then Desumu and Caruso. I think those are the main guys at guard position that they're going to want to play. Um, but I'm interested to see um, their center position is solid. They got Vucevic and Drummond, but um, two veterans who aren't super versatile. Um, Kind of just guys that sit in the paint and rebound, try to protect the rim. So I think there's limitations with those two guys. They're solid players, but um, if I'm the Bulls, I'm trying to see what I can do in the future with getting a more versatile 
center who can switch and um yeah but i also don't think they should rush that because they don't want to move off of guys that um they don't get the value that they deserve but that's just yeah, and I mean, on. Vucevic just needs to get back to how he was playing with the magic he's just been so inefficient for this team just having terrible shooting nights so I mean, he's never been a very good defender, so you don't expect that from him. But if he can pr- provide more of a boost on the offensive end, I think that will help this team. Yeah, not not to hurt any Bulls fans' feelings, but uh, if I'm looking at that trade with the Magic and I'm looking at having Vucevic or Wendell Carter Jr. and Franz Wagner, I mean, that stings a little bit that I'm looking at having Vucevic instead of those two guys because... With this roster the Bulls have, I think those two guys would fit alongside this team a lot more. And um, not not trying to hate on Vucevic at all. I think he's a solid player. But Wendell Carter's versatility on defense and ability to just, uh, yeah, just guard uh, wings and guards a little better. And then Franz Wagner being a, a solid rookie last year. I think that trade might have been needed to get DeRozan, but... Honestly, when we look back at it, it might be one that stings a little bit for Bulls fans. But Yeah, I think I'm taking Franz and Wendell. Yeah, same. All right, you ready to move on to the team from the north? Let's do it. All right, so finishing at the five seed and one of the most exciting teams for me, uh, just the versatility of the Raptors, um, the young talent they have, the veterans they have, just all around, I think this team is just going to be super fun to watch. Um, I think they'll finish around five or six seed again, if I had to guess. I think they're just going to be steady and really tough defensively. Um, but yeah, I'll let you get into what you think about this team. And they didn't make many moves, but just what you what you like about their uh, hopes for this next season. Yeah, I think they're going to... I could see them taking a step back. um, Just because they are bringing back the same roster, which, I mean, don't get me wrong, is a super good roster. Um, But they also brought in Otto Porter, who just won a championship. Super good shooter, wing defender. Um, I like that piece for them. They're just kind of sticking to the mold of having versatile wing defenders that are around 6'8 or 6'9". Um, but yeah, I hope Scotty Barnes is able to take a big step. Um, I like the depth that they have with Otto Porter, Chris Boucher, Precious Achuya, and Malachi Flynn, um, behind their starting five of two all-stars and maybe three if Scotty Barnes takes a leap this year. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for how they do. I'm wondering if they could make a move or who... Like what players they have to make a move. OG could be a, a player that's on the move at some point. Um or even Gary Trent. So definitely an intriguing team and should be around the same area they finished last season, I feel maybe a little worse. Yeah, I think um not making any moves this offseason was perfectly fine for this front office, and I think they're happy with that just because of I think the main thing is just seeing what Scotty Barnes can do uh, in his second year as he 
did win Rookie of the Year and just what he can be in the future. Just the playmaker he is, the defender he is, just everything he provides um, from just a star star uh, in our league and what he can be. I think this team is just really try, trying to focus in on what he can be this next year. And then you got the all-star in Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet to play alongside of him. I think this team is just going to be, their top three guys are just super solid. And Scotty Barnes, if he can take another leap and become maybe their best player in the next couple of years, I think this team is just going to be a whole other level of good. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with. Just, they have a lot of guys. OG, Scotty can play alongside each other. But with Siakam too, that's just, I don't know it. Their offense can sometimes get stagnant and slow with just all those tall wings that aren't the quickest always. Um, but yeah, it also gives them a lot of versatility on defense to play all those three guys. Um, some guys that I'm excited about for this next season that maybe people don't um, talk about a lot. I'm really thrilled with their draft pick in Christian Coloco out of Arizona. I think um, I'm looking at the roster. He's their only player above... 611 or yeah above 610 like this team is full of just versatile ring wings but he gives them that um shot blocker if he can turn into a rotational player he will give them that shot blocking and lob catching ability um and i think he could be a solid piece in a few years and then also um malachi flynn had a promising rookie year and then took a step back last year, but um, I know he's had a good summer with different leagues and he's got a lot of buzz on the internet about how how good he can be. And then also Delano Banton is one of the guys under the radar that I like. Um, a six seven point guard who, um, yeah, he's an interesting prospect. Might turn into nothing, but just a guy that I will be watching closely this year. But yeah, I just think this team is loaded with depth and yeah, I'm excited to see what they do this year and what Scotty Barnes does this year. Yeah, Scotty Scotty Barnes is definitely the biggest piece and like you said, the biggest goal for the Raptors this season just to see how good Scotty Barnes can be and just try to elevate him in any way possible. So All right, so moving on to the 76ers, um, I know you're really high on this team, so um, just let me hear your thoughts on their offseason. They made some, I'd say some pretty significant moves, even though they're not the biggest names, um, and then also Harden taking the pay cut so they could sign um, some of those guys that they wanted. Um, so yeah, just let me hear your thoughts on what this team looks like for next year. I mean, the biggest part of their offseason was James Harden um, taking that pay cut, allowing them to bring in P.J. Tucker, who's just an excellent defender, and then Daniel House. Um, they just Those two players also just have continuity with James Harden, which is going to be big. They know how to play with him when he has the ball um, and where to be. And then another big move that they made was DeAnthony Melton. I feel like that was a very good trade for them. Melton's a super good player, especially coming off the bench in that role. I think he'll be huge as a backup point guard um, and will fit in 
very nicely alongside Maxi and James Harden. Um, but yeah, I do think James Harden's going to get better than he was last season, get back to form. I feel like he's really motivated to kind of prove the doubters wrong and stuff. So I think that's going to be the biggest piece as to why they move into a contending spot and are better than they were last season. James Harden will be better this season, and he's going to show everyone how good he really is. And if he can get back to that level alongside an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid with the pieces they have around him and Maxi, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, that's an incredible starting five. And I haven't even gotten to Maxi taking a step and being even better than he was last season, which I think you and me both agree he's going to be just because he has that work ethic and wants to be good and wants to be great. So this team's just, I really like this team and I see him as a top three contender for me. Might be bold, but I just think James Harden's going to get back to the level that we all expect him to be at. And that's not saying it's going to be 36 points a game. It's going to be, he's going to be efficient. He's going to be the incredible playmaker he is, getting people the ball where they need it. And he's going to have nights where he drops 40 on people's heads and it just plays super good. So I'm excited. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be one of the teams that's in the mix as a contender, which I think, again, this year we're going to get just a super competitive, deep um, deep list of teams that can truly contend for a championship. Um, I think, I mean, we'll get to the Western Conference in our next episode, but like getting the Clippers and Nuggets healthy again too is just going to add more teams to that contenders list in my opinion. But yeah, I think the 76ers is definitely a team that you can put on that list of teams that can contend for a championship. Um, yeah, I'm not I, I'm not going to repeat what you said with the Harden stuff. I think he is going to be improved. And then Maxi, I agree with all that. I think he's going to be a huge piece. Um, and then, yes, I think DeAnthony Melton. I know they added Tucker, but I think DeAnthony Melton will be the biggest addition to this team, I think. Um, just that depth, that 3 and D player off the bench will be so important because um, they do have Thibel, and I love Thibel, and I think he's a great player, but um, obviously has his limitation shooting the ball, and I think Melton can give them that guy off the bench that they can rely on on uh, both sides of the ball, um, especially when Harden or Maxi is in foul trouble or maybe they get banged up. I think Melton can be a solid guy that they can plug in at the guard position. Um, I think, obviously, Tucker, amazing defender. And then, yeah, I just think that Melton addition will add to that depth that they were lacking in last year. Um, and then, obviously, like, I still don't like their depth at the, like, the big man position, the four and five. Um, but I think when it comes down to it, if this team's going to be a true contender, it's going to be because um, Joel Embiid is the best player on the court. And um, when it comes down to playoff series, I think depth that his position doesn't really matter because I think he's going to be getting somewhere around 40 minutes a game. Um, so yeah, I think having depth at the guard position now will certainly help their chances and playoff series with Melton um, alongside Maxine Harden and Tobias Harris. Um, but yeah, that's 
those are my thoughts on their off season. I'm I think they're going to be hovering around the anywhere from the one to four seed again. Um, I think it's just going to be a mix in there. I think teams are going to be going back and forth in the top of the East. So I think it's hard to predict their exact seed, but yeah, they're going to be competing again for the top seed. Yeah, I mean, we had three teams finish with the same record last season, two through four. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be a mess up top, I think, like you said. Yeah, the Eastern Conference is, I mean, both conferences. It's just the league right now is in such a good place with the play-in addition. I think that was one of the best moves that I've seen in my lifetime as an NBA fan, just the ability to get teams to compete more um, and tanking just being such a, just less of a, I don't know, less attractive for teams to do. Teams (laughs) just want to compete more now, so it's always good for the fans. All right, so are you ready to move on to the Bucks? Yes. All right, so the Mo- Milwaukee Bucks. Um, obviously, last year they lost Middleton in the playoffs, which kind of derailed their chances at going back to back as champions. But obviously, they're going to be a contender again, having arguably the best player in the world. And Antetokounmpo, who him himself says that he's still not the best player in the world. He still just has a lot to prove. And every single year, he's just getting scarier and scarier as being becoming one of the best players of all time in my eyes. And yeah, I just, I mean, I don't want to focus on him too much. But when I think of the Bucks, that's that's exactly what my mind goes to. of Just how insanely special he is. Um, but yeah, just give me your thoughts on this team, their offseason, um, what you think they're going to do this year. I mean, they rostered, like brought back the same guys they rostered last season um, with the addition of their rookie, Marjan Bootcamp, and um, Joe Ingles. And I actually do like the Joe Ingles pickup. I, I think they're going to be able to give him time to, to recover if he isn't already healthy. Um, Is that Achilles? Was that Achilles injury, I think? Or was it ACL? I thought it was ACL, but you might be right. Okay. Yeah, it might have been. Achilles sounds better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I like the Joe Ingles pickup. If he's not rushed back, because his game didn't rely on athleticism at all. So I feel like he'll still be really good. He's a very good shooter. That you can put out there, and also a good playmaker, and he he's gonna really try on defense as well. So I would like I like that pickup a lot coming off their bench. Um, and yeah, just the continuity this team has, and the the uh, ability to know what they're gonna do and play well together um, is just huge for them. They have the best player in the world, and their defense is just incredible. They are so versatile with the players they have. They have probably the best perimeter defender in Drew Holiday, um, who handles the ball for them and play makes for them. Um, and yeah, I just think, I feel like a lot of people might think this too. They might have made it to the championship and might might have went back to back if they did have Chris Middleton in that Boston series, as that series did still go to seven, and the game was close. Um, 
feel like Chris Middleton could have added a lot to that team. Um, but yeah, just an overall good team, very good depth. I mean, bringing back Bobby Portis was huge for them. I love his role as a five man next to next to Giannis. His ability to stretch the floor and play phenomenal defense is perfect for them. Um, and yeah, just the Joe Ingles pickup, I think, is going to be kind of slept on and not talked about much, but I feel like it could be a nice pickup for them. Yeah, I mean, I think this team is going to be... I think they're going to be amazing to watch, obviously, in the regular season again, but I don't think they're going to be much different. So I think they're going to be around the 1-4 to four seed again. I think they'll probably do similar to what they did this year and that they're not going to be aiming to get like 65 wins like they could, but just more making sure they get a good seed and making sure guys stay healthy. Um, And yeah, like you talked about, going to seven without arguably their second best player last year against the Boston Celtics. um, I mean, it's hard to tell who's better, like who's more important between Middleton and Holiday. But Middleton and the year before, he really was so important in closing out games with his... Um, shot making ability and yeah so who knows what they would have done with Middleton last year but yeah just coming back with the pretty much the same roster being able to contend against any team again I think there's not much to say about the Bucks other than they're one of the best teams in the league and they will be again next year if they stay healthy yeah chemistry is just huge for this team and just having played together for so many, like the couple years that they have going into their third year with Drew Holiday is going to be big. Um, they're just going to be better, I think, just because of that in itself. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, we can so, move on. We'll go to the team that finished first in the standings and we'll leave the Eastern Conference champions for last. Okay. So. Um, we're going to move to the Miami Heat, who finished uh, with the one seed with 53 wins last year. Um, again, just uh, four teams within pretty much the same amount of games won. So there's not a uh, ton to say there. But yeah, this team will be really tough to beat again. They are pretty, they didn't do much. Um, if anything, if I'm looking at it right, yeah, um, only their biggest piece, I think, was, yeah, Nikola Jovic. Yeah, so I mean, this team will obviously be a great defensive team. They lost PJ Tucker, which honestly might have been their only loss. But I mean, when you take him off the court, yes, you lose some defense, but you also gain some offense because Tucker has those limitations. And this team, when you look at it, they're not going to struggle defensively. Um, with maybe maybe uh, arguably Defensive Player of the Year candidate this year with Bam Adebayo, who has been in the top of that conversation in years past. And then Jimmy Butler, another great defender. Kyle Lowry, great defender. Um, and then they got, yeah, they got, they got pretty much the same roster. So there's not a ton to cover from their offseason, but what are you looking forward to to watch for this team? And what do you think? If anything's going to change. I mean, one change that I, th- I mean, has been talked about is Tyler Hero sliding into the starting five. I feel like he wants that, and he's talked about 
wanting that and wanting to be a starter. Um, but yeah, I don't, if I'm being honest, I don't love this team. Um, they're rostering the same guys. Um, I could see them taking a big step back if Kyle Lowry regresses again. Um, I know there's been pictures that he's looking pretty in shape, but if he takes a step back, I don't see many guys that can get better other than Bam Adebayo. Um, I like Gabe Vincent off the bench. VO off the bench is interesting. Um, but like Max Struess and Duncan Robinson, they're going to be the same players they have been. They're going to be 3 and D players. Duncan Robinson, not so much on the defensive end, but definitely a three-point shooter. Um, but yeah, I don't see much from this team. I love Jimmy Butler, and I just wish he was in a better situation than, than this team, if I'm being honest. But I could definitely see them falling to the to a five seed or even lower. Yeah, I know this... Miami's been a good regular season team, but I don't love this team. Yeah, I think this is the team that you look at like that is a cutoff for contenders. Like I think they're gonna be super good and they're obviously not gonna be like an easy playoff uh playoff series to win against, but I think when they face teams like um Boston or Milwaukee um, teams like that, I think they just don't have the firepower um, to compete and get uh, those series to seven games or so. But yeah, I think something to watch, if anything new, is just Oladipo this year. Maybe he can become, um, I don't think he'll become an all-star again, but maybe just a super solid um role player and maybe leaning towards like 15 points a game which would be a big improvement so maybe he's a player to watch for this team but yeah other than that I don't think I agree with you I don't think this team is anything special I think they'll win probably around 45 games or so but yeah I don't think um they're gonna improve too much and with the rest of the Eastern Conference just improving every single year um, these younger guys getting better. I think Miami could take a slight decline and maybe be more towards like the four or five seed. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I think Spolster will still get have them winning a lot of games. I just don't think they're going to be able to compete for a championship. Yeah, and I just think an injury here or there to Butler or Bam, I mean, could be huge and they could struggle if that were to occur. But yeah, but again, that happened last year, and they kept winning games. So you never know with Spolstra, because yeah, I but mean, Miami just always finds a way to win games. But yeah, I think I think we're on the same page with like this team is super solid, but just I don't think they can get over the hump when it comes to competing for a championship. With yeah, this roster. I, I agree with that 100. percent all right, so we saved the Eastern Conference champions for last, uh, the Boston Celtics, who um, I think improved a lot this offseason when they just came off of a run to the finals. And um, I just think this team is going to be right back in position to compete for the Eastern Conference championship again. Um but yeah, I'm, I'll let you start off just talking about 
their additions of Malcolm Brogdon and um, that being the biggest one and just what what this team's going to be able to do next season um, coming off of Eastern Conference Championship. Yeah, I mean, coming off of finals run, getting better, I mean, by adding Brogdon and Gallinari, you got to love that if you're a Boston fan. Um, yeah, and I, I like them again. I think they're, they might be the favorites. Um, it's either them or Milwaukee for me, or I guess Philly um, as well. But, man, they're really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Brogdon off the bench is just so good for them. He's not a bad def- – he's a pretty solid defender um, and provides scoring and playmaking off the bench, which Derek White down the stretch in the finals struggled with, struggled playing um, big minutes for them off the bench in the finals. So, I mean, Brogdon – taking that load off of Derek White and being able to play when Marcus Smart's not on the court, I feel like is going to be huge for them. Uh, you got to hope Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown continue to get better and take steps forward into being superstars. Um, and also Robert Williams. He's a huge piece. If he can be healthy throughout the entire season, I feel like that can be huge for them. Um, he just he's an incredible defender defensive player of the year potential this season and his ability to protect the rim and just anchor that defense is incredible and i i just love this boston team uh their defensive ability yeah i mean all i have to say about this team is positive things i think the fact that this team was really struggling the first half of the season last year but they still finished off the year with the two seed um, second half of the season, really just being like the best offensive team and best defensive team. Um, I just think this team is going to be, if I had to pick a number one seed, it's probably between uh, Boston and Boston and Philly for me, just because I think um, they're going to be really trying to see what they have. And they're just going to, blow a lot of teams out and I think obviously Milwaukee can get that one seed too but I think yeah this Boston team is just loaded with um, top heavy talent and then obviously adding those two big t- pieces of depth and Brogdon and Gallinari is just going to do a ton for them um, come playoff time um, I have I mean Robert Williams like you said just a special talent when he's healthy and then alongside Horford, who was just incredible for them in the playoffs. Um, you got Grant Williams coming back, who solid player. And then, yeah, Brogdon. I, I'm i still in shock that this team was able to get Brogdon for what they did. And, I mean, Brogdon has been an all-star. Um, he's not just, like, a solid backup point guard. Like, he'll be one of the better bench players in the league and could be... I mean, I don't think he'll win six man of the year just because I don't, I don't know how much um, opportunity he's going to get because of just the top, top level talent on this team. But being able to rely on him when they're struggling or have injuries is just going to do so much for their depth. And yeah, then you talk about Tatum and Brown, two of the better young players in the league. Tatum being, in my opinion, a top. He he could end up being 
in the MVP conversation this next year. Um, and for me, with the Brown stuff, I think if I'm Boston, the front office, I, I'm sticking with Jalen Brown. I am confident that this roster that I have this next year going forward can compete for years to come for a championship. And I am sticking with this young core of two guys that are 25 and under. Um, but yeah, I'm just thrilled to see the level of talent that this team is going to put on the court and how they're just going to be devastating on both ends of the floor and especially defense as they showed last year. Yeah, I like the point. I like your point sticking with Jalen Brown, but I could also see it the other way. I mean, if you're able to add Kevin Durant, this team goes to an entirely different level than where they are right now. And I just think coming off of a finals run, you don't. they did get better by adding, adding Brogdon and Gallinari, but you don't want to be content because that can also lead to maybe not making the finals um, with an injury here or there, um, or even just bad luck with just like the teams they face and stuff. So, I mean, if you're able to add Kevin Durant, I don't see why you wouldn't. Just because, I mean, we've seen Durant in a super good defensive system on the Warriors be elite defensively, um, be an elite rim protector, and be a very good uh, perimeter defender on that those Warriors teams he was on. And I mean, sliding him into this Boston starting lineup, they would just be so long and so versatile with Durant. If you, I mean, I don't know if they moved Tatum to the to the two. Um, which would be kind of crazy, but I just think Kevin Durant also his ability to just score. If Tatum's struggling, you know that KD's going to be there. If KD's struggling, you still got Tatum. Um, Jalen Brown did play super good in the finals, but you got to wonder if Kevin Durant was in those finals, would they like? Would he have averaged thirty-five when they needed it? Like you don't know that little bit could have put him over the hump to win the championship last season. So. I mean, getting rid of a 25-year-old star like Jalen Brown is tough, but if it means a championship, it's always worth it. Yeah, I think I think moving on to if they would get Durant, I think if healthy, that'd almost like guarantee them not a championship, but kind of cl- like I would almost like lock it in that they'd be favorites next year if they had Durant and Tatum on the same team. Um not for sure, but I i mean, that's scary to look at that roster with Durant. Um, but my thought is, like, Durant, how much can you trust him? Like, what he did with Brooklyn, like, he's already requesting a trade. He left Golden State after a couple of years. Like, this Boston team has built this roster based on draft, and they have these young guys who have already been in the finals, who have already been in, like, m- three or four Eastern Conference Finals. Like This team has experience, and if they continue to just compete with this roster, um, you could be looking at like close to a dynasty like the Spurs and Warriors have had. Like This team built on the draft just competing for the next half decade to decade, just being able to um, be in com- the, the competing for a title conversation. Um, and yeah, if you do get Durant, you're like almost guaranteeing like a high level of competing for a championship. But like, what are you losing in that? And like, the future, like, you got to look at that because 
if you do move off of Brown and do move off of all these picks, yes, you are getting arguably the best player in the league, but also you're going to lose um, your future possibly too. So I'm looking at it more in the fact that you can compete with Brown and yes, Durant's going to guarantee you like maybe a championship in the next couple of years. But if I'm a Boston fan, I'm like, nah, I'm keeping Brown. I'm keeping this team we built on the draft. That's just and, my opinion. Yeah, and that's what I've heard mainly is like Boston fans want Jalen Brown still there. And they believe in him. So, I mean, that's good for Brown. It's just definitely something that they had to ex- like have to explore because the ability to get that much better and add a top player in the league is always worth like going into and seeing if it's a possibility. Yeah, and actually, I'm going to change my... I said earlier that I think Brooklyn... I think that was... Yeah, that was this podcast. I said Brooklyn was the best team at full health in the Eastern Conference, but I'm going to change my mind right on the spot. <laughs> I If I have a series with full health Brooklyn against this Boston team, I think, honestly, with the defense that this Boston team has, I think I think this Boston team would beat them in a seven-game series again at full health. I think this Boston team is that good. And what they showed last year, yeah, I'm I'm taking Boston as the best team in the East. That's how that's how that's my last take of this podcast. I like it. I like it. I'm a I'm a stick with Philly, but okay, okay, interesting take, but I like it. You're a believer in Harden. Trust me, he's got, he's gonna be different this year. <laughs> Alright, so there we have it. I'm I'm taking Boston and Roach is taking Philly for Eastern Conference. Early season predictions. And I guess we'll do uh another prediction. Who's your who's your biggest jump team? Like who who is gonna improve the most this year in the Eastern Conference? We might say the same team, but that's okay. I mean I think the Cavs, just based on where they finished, they finished nine. Um and they should have finished higher, so I feel like Taking the momentum with the team that they had if they don't get riddled with injuries could definitely finish four or five in the East. Okay, yeah, that I mean, that's the team I was going to say, but I'll go a different direction since you said the Cavs. Um, I'm going to take the Magic. I think, um, I mean, I still don't think they're going to be, I think they'll probably fall out of the playoffs, so maybe like a 10 or 11 seed, maybe even a 9 seed. But I think... The amount of wins that I think they're going to increase their wins more than any team in the Eastern Conference. They won 22 games, and I think they can win anywhere from 35 to 40 games, or honestly, even more than 40 games, possibly. Wow. I think they'll be hovering around the 40, 40 games. One, um, I think just with a healthy team um, adding. Paulo, who I think will win Rookie of the Year, adding Marco Fultz, who looked good at the end of the season. Jonathan Isaac hopefully coming back, um, becoming the defender he was before. Um, Wagner, uh, Franz, and Carter, and yeah, just the list goes on and on with young players I like. Um, I think if they're healthy and they're trying to compete, they will be knocking on the 10 seed and the Eastern Conference after finishing at the very bottom last year. So, yeah, that's my take on the Magic. I like it. That's a, I mean, 40 wins, that'd be huge jump. That's an 18-game jump, so. 
Yeah, I mean, the 10 seed this last year won 43 games, so I think if I were to bet, I think they'd be hovering around the 10 to 11 seed. But that's if everything goes right with that team. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you're going in terms like biggest jump out of like who can win more games, because I'm kind of looking at it in seeding. Okay. Like if the Cavs jump nine to four, I feel like that's a bigger jump than. I mean, fifteen to ten is like the same, but yeah. But like, in terms of, I don't know. I was kind of looking at it like. You're looking at more like teams that are actually competing in the playoffs. I mean, kind of because they're. I feel like that's a bigger jump if you're a better team, but I don't know. If we're if we're looking at like like playoff teams, it's definitely the Cavs and Hawks that will probably push their way into the top six, if I had to guess. I mean, actually, maybe not, just because of how deep the Eastern Conference is, but, um, yeah. Again, the Eastern Conference, just one to eight in the playoffs, is just going to be, I think, even more loaded than last year with the improvement of the Hawks, and then also, I think the Cavs will make up the playoffs, and I think the Bulls will probably, the Bulls or Raptors will probably fall out. But I would have to guess the Bulls. Um, so who do you think takes the biggest fall? Honestly, I think I think for me it's the Bulls. I think, well, the Hornets too. But yeah, the Bulls I think will end up falling out of the top six, and I think will in my in my prediction I think they'll probably lose in the play-in. I just think they're a solid team, but defensively they're limited and. I think teams like the Cavs and Hawks, um, the Raptors, if they're in the play-in, I just think those teams are better suited to win those like down-the-stretch playoff games. Um, but yeah, the Bulls are the team I think are going to fall off the most. Okay. Who is your team? I'm going to go with the Heat. I think they're going to finish yeah. sixth in the East. Okay, yeah. Just, I mean, they're going to make the playoffs, but... They're going to be right there on the brink of being in the play-in. I like that take a lot. I think, yeah. I think the Heat and Bulls are good bets to maybe fall a little bit. And then, yeah, the Cavs, Magic, Hawks could be teams on the rise. Um, and also the Knicks give them a little love. And the Pistons. So, yeah, you should. I think we should see some mix-up in standings in the East, but... Obviously, a lot of the top teams are going to stay, and a lot of the bottom teams will stay put, too. Yeah. I think Charlotte and the Pacers will be here 14-15. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I think um, I think the Pacers are definitely just going to be, from the start, just not looking to compete that much, because I don't think they'll be able to, so they'll just be okay with losing games. Yeah, and then they'll just sell their guys. And then I think Charlotte will... Um, I mean, I don't think they'll tank right away, but I think with the loss of Miles Bridges, and I just don't think they're going to win a lot of games, so I think maybe they'll move off of some of their better players to get assets. Um, so I think, yeah. I think they'll be pretty bad, too. Sweet. <laughs> All right. have anything else before we end the show? I don't think so. just feels good to be back, and... I hope everyone's ready for for more episodes to come. Sorry for the the long hiatus that we took. Yeah, we'll we'll be back. 
uh, with our weekly episodes. I think these next two weeks we should get two episodes out each each week. Um, which Just two we, parters, yeah, yeah, two parters. Which we did the lower, like the bottom nine to fifteen seeds in the Eastern Conference, and then the top eight from last year. And then we'll do the same thing with the Western Conference next week. So we'll get. Um, one episode out today, which today we're recording on Friday the 12th, and then we'll probably get the this episode out on the 13th to give you guys two episodes. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed. We're super excited for the next season and what it holds for the show and just what the NBA is going to provide for us. So, yeah, I hope you all enjoyed. See you guys.